going to be talking about Matthew. Uh, and for those of you that don't know, Matthew's name means gift of God. Most of us in here probably know who he is, but if you don't, he's one of the 12 disciples that Jesus called during his ministry on earth. He was at Calvary when Jesus died, and he saw Jesus ascend back into heaven. And then after Jesus ascended, Matthew was one of the 120 who were in the upper room and filled with the Holy Spirit. He became a great apostle of the gospel, and it is said that he went through Persia and Ethiopia preaching to the Jews. Another great accomplishment for, of Matthew, or calling, if you would say, is that he is also the author of the first book of the New Testament. With these accomplishments that Matthew has, these experiences that he's had, a lot of us would be okay with having just a small portion of what he was able to accomplish, you know, in his ministry. We would take little things and be thrilled with the things that he was able to do if we did one of those things. Matthew was a great man of God. He truly lived up to that name of being a gift of God. But before Matthew was called by God into being an apostle, before he went and preached, before he received the Holy Ghost, before any of that happened, there was another side of Matthew that I want to point out tonight. You see, in his past, or in his pre-Jesus days, as I'd like to say, Matthew was someone that was a tax collector. And for those of you that are familiar with being a tax collector in that day, they weren't very highly thought of. A lot of times they were thought of as criminals or thieves because what they would do is they would go around collecting money from people, taxes for the Roman government. But a lot of times they would overtax the people that they were you know, going to see. And they would keep the leftovers for themselves. Another thing with this is being a tax collector, you were typically working for the Roman Empire, which was despised by the Jewish people in that day. So you see here, we see Matthew, uh, probably despised, probably a thief, a sinner who really had no business being called, and yet he was still called by God. You know, maybe there's a point in our life where we feel that we've made mistakes, where we feel like we've messed up so many times, that we've done things that we shouldn't be called by God. But we see time after time after time in Matthew being one of the 12 disciples that God calls people even when their background doesn't seem to make sense. And sometimes, you know, we let that happen. We let that get into our mind. That's a, a trick from the devil is he tries to remind you of your past or the things that you've done and tries to dissuade you from moving on into the future. But Second Corinthians 5 and 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I just want to be here today and remind you today that no matter what we've done, no matter where we've been, God's mercy still remains today, and he can still use you right where you're at. Again, so many times I do this to myself too. I'll think about the things that I've messed up, the mistakes that I've made, and wonder how can I possibly be used by God, or how can I be in front, in front of people talking about the goodness of God when I've made mistake after mistake after mistake. But again, it's just, it's a tactic of the devil. He wants to try to tempt us back into our old ways by reminding us of who we used to be. But again, those old things have passed away once we have become that new person. And the Bible has so many times and references it in so many different ways. Again, Romans 6 and 6 says, Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, the body of sin might be done away with, 
that we should no longer be slaves of sin. So if there's anyone in this room today that is struggling, any teens that are struggling with where you should be or what you should be doing because of the things or mistakes you've made in the past, God is calling us to a higher purpose. God is calling us away from our sin, and we don't have to be shackled down by our mistakes of our past. But we are called to be new creatures today. We are called to lead a generation today because we are that chosen generation, right? We are that royal priesthood that it talks about. We are the special people that the Bible talks about in 1 Peter chapter 2 and 9. God is calling us to a greater purpose. And we see time and time again, like I said in the Bible, I highlighted Matthew. But throughout history, throughout the Bible, we see people that maybe didn't have the qualifications or have made horrible mistakes, right? Think of Moses, someone that was a murderer. And then when he was called, tried to step out of it by saying he couldn't talk. You know, made excuse after excuse, but God called him anyway. And eventually he took that call. We see Paul, someone, you know, Saul turned into Paul. He was a murderer, someone that was literally killing Christians, but God called him out. We see Rahab in the Old Testament, who was a harlot, but throughout time, God called her out of that as well. Because he wants to use imperfect people because we live in an imperfect world. When we make sins, when we make mistakes in our life, and then we turn it around, there are other people that are going through those same issues. And that's why we have a testimony. That's why our testimony is so powerful today, because there are people going through the same hurts or making the same mistakes that you've made in your past. And that's why he calls imperfect people in this place. A couple examples, too, would be for some of the young people that have been at youth convention the last couple years was Reverend Mark Brown. He preached at Missouri Youth Convention a couple years ago. This was someone that had a very wild and sinful lifestyle in his teens and early adult years, and yet he ended up being anointed and called to preach. For those of you that have heard Nick Mahaney's testimony from Arkansas, he was an alcoholic, a drug addict, uh, he was uh, and a dealer. He was facing 40 years in prison for all the mistakes that he'd made throughout his time. Yet God called him out of that, God delivered him, and God essentially made that prison sentence go away, which is a miracle in itself. And now he's a preacher of the gospel, witnessing to the very same people that he used to be, showing them how he was able to overcome that through the grace of God. There are so many different examples of that. One more that I'm going to highlight here is uh, Reverend Rick Gonzalez out of Chicago. This was someone that was a gang member, someone that was running the streets, and eventually he was called out of that and became a police officer. And from a police officer, he turned into a pastor. And now he is, again, reaching out to those same gang members that he may have ran with in the past. Because we are called to be new, th- new, new creature. No matter what circumstance, no matter what situation we've been in, God can make a difference in our life. And when that happens, when we start feeling called into this new light, when we start, you know, seeing differences happen in our life, again, the enemy will continue to try to tempt us. We've been talking about that in youth class uh, quite a bit, uh, the different forms of temptations. And most roots of sin and evil go from three different forms of temptation. It's usually lust of the flesh, the pride of life, and uh, lust of the eyes. Usually all forms of sin go to those three things. And each one of us are created differently. So when we become new creatures in Christ, it's also very important for us to understand where our human flaws are, what things tempt us, because some things that tempt me may not tempt you. So it's very important to be transparent with ourselves in our walk with God, because just because we feel like we've been made new, just because we're received the Holy Ghost and we're reading doesn't mean the devil's given up. 
That usually means he's going to press down even harder and try to pull us away. And that's why we have to be very careful when it comes to those different forms of sins to make sure that we're not putting ourselves into spots of temptation where we can be tempted. We've been dealing with that, um, again, a lot in youth class. We talked about how uh, Jesus gave us the perfect example, example in Matthew when he went up and prayed for 40 days. And what the devil likes to do is he likes to take relevant things, things that are relevant to us, and use that as this form of temptation. We see in Matthew when Jesus hadn't uh, eaten for 40 days, he'd been fasting, that the devil comes to him and tells him to stern the, turn the stone into bread. So he takes a relevant need. I couldn't imagine eating for 40 days. Like I didn't eat for like 10 hours a day, and I thought, man, I'm starving. I need to go to KFC right now. But think about that, 40 days. And he's like, turn that stone into bread. If you're God, you can do that right there. So he takes a relevant issue in your life and turns it around and tries to tempt you with that because he knows that God's hungry, you know, it feeds into his flesh, right? And he tries to tempt us with that. He does the very same thing to us as well. It takes relevant things in our life and tries to persuade us. But God, you know, gave us a perfect example that we don't live by bread alone, but by basically every word that proceedeth out of the word of God, out of his mouth. So that's where we need to be today when it comes to being a new creature. We have to make sure that we're not falling into the temptations of the past. But if we're going to continue down that path and we're not going to fall into temptations, we really do need to be that new creature. It's great to say I've received the Holy Ghost and I've done this or that, you know, and I'm living for God. But does our daily life show that? What do I mean by that? Where is our time being spent? Are we playing video games for hours upon end? I'm guilty of that from occasion. Uh, was it Tuesday? Dawson's like, where were you at for the Thanksgiving thing? I said I got held up uh, doing something important. He's like, what was that? I was like playing Madden on my Xbox. So we get caught up, right? We get consumed by the things of this world. Sometimes we let those things consume us so much, and then we're like, ah, I'm too busy to pray. I'm too busy to read my Bible. I'm too busy to do that. And some of those things that are also that we're saying we're too busy to pray or do that also have worldly aspects in it that are showing us you know, different things, right? Giving us different habits. Uh, I popped into the last portion of chapel today, and uh, I heard Sister Amber say, garbage in, garbage out. So what you're watching, what you're playing uh, on in those games, or what you're watching on TV is going to pour into you. She said something too, is like phrases that friends say will be something you say. I find myself picking up phrases in TV shows that I see too, and you'll say that. Because what you are putting into your life is what's going to project out. So if we're putting things into our life, the word of God, uh, and that's, and we're surrounding ourselves with the people of God, that's what we're going to project to the rest of the world. But if we're constantly just putting in things of the flesh, putting in things, you know, the world is showing us, watching, uh, you know, carnal TV shows, playing carnal video games, and that's all we do, that's what we're going to talk about, and that's what we're going to project. And it's so easy to get caught up into that, right? We have a sin box right in our pocket. It's so crazy to me to think about not having my cell phone. I don't know if any of you ever think about not ha what it was like not having a cell phone. And then for me, even thinking about my first phone was a flip phone, I can't even imagine going back to that. Uh, it's crazy to think how much access. The second, if I want some type of information or if I want to watch, sometimes I get tied up watching uh, ejections. I like watching umpires and baseball players argue. And I can end up, next thing you know, I watch that for three hours. We do that all the time. We let time eclipse from right here. We have to make sure that that's not what we're doing in our life. 
We have to make sure that we're not just solely getting boxed in by the world because the devil wants to distract at the end of the day. If he can kind of hold us back, keep us right where we're at, you know, he's winning in a way because we have to continue to press forward. We have to continue to strive to, to move forward, you know, in, in God. We can't just stay the same. The Bible talks about, uh, you know, this as well, you know, and talking about, you know, faith without works. In James chapter 2, it says, What does it profit my brethren if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it, is, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by the works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works? And by works of faith was made perfect. And the scripture was fulfilled which says Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for his righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Likewise, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. So where are we today? Because I think everyone in this room would say you have faith. Every one of us would say, yes, I believe in God. Yes, I believe he can do something in my life. But when push comes to shove, where are we at? Do we put that into action? Is that what we're like really doing today when a time comes in our life? Are we really believing and are we really trusting God? And are we putting that into action again? I've told this story a few times. Uh, me being a salesperson, I'm talking constantly, always on the move, always hustling. And when I start making a few sales, I feel pretty good about myself. And a lot of times when I start feeling pretty good about myself, pride starts welling up, Right? And I start forgetting that the reason I'm in the position that I'm in is because God put me here that in a place that I wasn't qualified to be in. I've never been qualified for one job that I've had in the seven years with the company I've had. Yet, I continue to get job after job after job. And I know solely it's because God has blessed me. But again, every once in a while, pride swells up. And I get a big head about myself. And then when something, you know, hits... I struggle sometimes to go to God because I'm like, well, maybe he doesn't care about this. Maybe this isn't a big deal to him. I need to figure this out on my own. Because that faith I so-called had, I'm not putting that into action. I'm not trusting God in that moment. And I always end up getting back to where I need to be. But I would like to be better and just have that faith and put that into action more often. Maybe that's you today in your life. Maybe you're someone that has, who says they have faith. You trust God. You believe in God. But Maybe so, right now you haven't been praying about certain needs. Maybe you feel like they're trivial and that they're not important to God. That's not true. That's a, just a lie from the enemy. The devil wants to push us away. He wants us, 
he's okay with us being Christians that come to church and sit on the pew and don't invite people to church. He doesn't care. It's when we start actually putting our faith into action, when we start reaching out to our community, when we start reaching out to our loved ones, when we start putting that faith into action is when he really starts to worry. So that's where we need to be today. We need to make sure that we are putting our faith into action. That's really all I have today. We're going to do some uh, form of testimony here in a minute, but why don't we just uh, pray real quick uh, for this, Lord God. Lord, we thank you, God, for being in this place today, Lord God. Lord, I pray that every single one in this room would realize that they are a gift from God and that they are chosen, Lord God, to something greater than just being of this world, God. Every single one of us are called, Lord Jesus, to reach out to this world, to reach out to our loved ones. And I pray, Lord God, that we would just be servants of you, God, Lord, and that we would just put that faith into action today as we continue through this season, God. And I pray, Lord God, that we would just continue to just just trust you, Lord God, continue to follow the path that you've laid out because every single one of us has a purpose, Lord God, in the church today, Jesus. And I pray, Lord God, that we continue to go after that today in Jesus' name.